Well, hello and welcome to our first regular season for 2018-2019 edition of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires and pleased as always to be joined by the head coach of the Moncton Magic. This is Joe Salerno. Hello, Joe. Hello, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. And where has the time gone? I mean, I know we we did some off-season podcasts and we were talking about, hey, you know, the regular season, it's just around the corner, it's coming. But now here it is, and we're like a, a, like a week into it. Uh, can you believe where the time has gone, Coach? No, it's, it's it's happened very quickly. And, you know, I think anytime you start a season having three games in four days, you know, it, it, it happens very quickly. Um, you know, it's hard to believe we're already three games into the regular season here. So, um, but I'm glad it's here. You know, I'm, I'm glad it's here. We were kind of waiting for a while, uh, you know, sitting there in anticipation of, of kind of getting the season started. So, uh, just excited that it's finally here. Indeed, and and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, get one little chat in about the weather because we we always like to talk about the weather, whether it's warm, hot, cold, snowy, what have you. Uh, how are you enjoying uh, mid-November so far in Moncton, Coach? I was enjoying it until I was shoveling my driveway at 7 a.m. this morning. You know, everything was was great until that, but. Uh, you know, it's actually, we got a lot of snow here in Moncton, uh, you know, over the night. Um, but, you know, today's actually a really nice day. It's not too cold out. It's just kind of some flurries in the air and, and a lot of fluffy snow. I know my kids are pretty excited for school to to be out. Actually, real funny quick story, Scott. They were they were building a snow fort last night, um, you know, until dinner time. It was dark out and they were still out in the yard. And they're really excited to continue working on it this morning. So Camden came up with the... Uh, formula to get a snow day today. Uh, he didn't want school today. He wanted a snow day. So him and his sister decided uh, to get a snow day. They had to um, put their pajamas on inside out. Uh, they had to put two purple crayons in our refrigerator and they had to put an ice cube in the toilet. And this was the formula <laughs> to, to, to have a snow day today. And uh, unfortunately, they, they went to school. So they're going to have to try something different uh, the next time around. <laughs> okay it's it's all it's all fantastic but the ice cube in the toilet coach did you did i have you no idea I, I have no idea where that comes from i don't know where they dreamed up this this scheme if they read it in a storybook i don't know but uh that's what they were doing at 8 p.m last night before bed um but anyway they were they were disappointed this morning it didn't work out <laughs> listen i was thinking if it had a worked I would think about using the same formula for like snow days off from work from time to time. And I'm thinking about maybe keeping a cooler in the washroom with some ice cubes next to the toilet. Absolutely. I I would have asked him, you know, what, what do we need to do cam to get a win Friday night? You know, what do I have to do uh, (laughs) in Newfoundland? So anyway, it was, it was pretty funny. Well, and, and just another quick one. It's interesting. Like I know a lot of these guys have, have played in, in colder climates and, and have played in Canada, but, but some of these guys, are from warmer climates, you know, from Arizona, from Las Vegas, from California, you know, Nevada, whatever. And it's interesting seeing their posts on social media, especially Instagram, when they're just like, well, here it is with snow. What are some of the conversations like, Coach? Like, what are these guys saying to you? Or are they saying, hey, Coach, like, can you do something about this weather? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't hear a lot of those side conversations. You know, we're, we're normally, you know, when we get to practice, it's practice or film, it's film. And, but I, I've been seeing the stories as well. And it is funny to see guys like, you know, I saw a post of, you know, Billy White and Nick Evans last night in the parking lot of their complex that are, uh, where their apartment is. 
um, you know, and they were, they were kind of pitching snowballs, trying to hit a parking sign, like, you know, like so I think they're having fun with it. Um, but I know those guys are probably, they could probably do without the snow. <laughs> I saw that too. And it reminded me like we used to do the same thing. Even I do with my daughter. We'll go out and be like, all right, honey, watch dad as I try to hit this telephone pole. And then if I hit it, I'm like, yeah, do you see that? And then she'll do it. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, fine. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So listen, uh, a great start to the regular season for the Moncton Magic. You never know what you got till you actually put it on the floor and see what's going to happen. But a home at home with the Halifax Hurricanes, uh, 121.94 in Halifax on Thursday. And then a couple of days later, uh, a very good performance for you guys, 104.78. And then uh, right back at it on Sunday afternoon, a pretty physical affair. Upwards of, I believe, 70 personal fouls were called in that game, 118-110. But overall, Coach, your assessment through the first three games? Well, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're pleased to, to have gotten off to a great start. And, you know, those those three wins, you know, those 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 could matter come March, right? And, and when you're talking about playoff seedings and whatnot. So uh, happy happy we were getting off to the start that we did. You know, obviously, the... The win on the road in Halifax to start off the season was was certainly a big win, and I was very pleased with that. Our, our second half performance was was very good, you know, for a first time showing. Um, then to come back and, and win our home opener, you know, at the New Avenue Center was obviously pretty exciting for us. Um, and then to cap it off with, with a win on Sunday uh, in a much different basketball game, it, it was good. So you know, you'd be lying if you, you said you weren't disappointed to, to get off to the start we've gotten off to. One of the things that a lot of the players were saying ahead of the Sunday afternoon game against the Cape Breton Highlanders was that as a team, you wanted to get off to better starts because versus Halifax, it seemed to be a little bit slow, a little bit sluggish starting off the first half in both games. And then you found your rhythm and kind of one going away down the stretch. What did you guys do to kind of address the slow starts and to try to counteract it and have it not happen? Well, I mean, it's a work in progress. I mean, I think we just we just have to come out, you know, with a little more intensity and, and a little more kind of aggression on the on the defensive end. Um, you know, we, we've been very good in transition offensively. So for us, getting stops as of right now has meant a lot of easy baskets on the other end. So, um, you know, it's just something that we're, we're we talk about a lot. Um, you know, coming out ready to play and. And coming out in an aggressive style, and, and we we still aren't there. I mean, we really haven't had a great start. Although I think we have led all three games at the half, you know. So you want to put a lot of emphasis on getting off to a quick start, um, you know. At the same time that the game isn't won in the first six minutes, um, but it's, it's something we're just kind of we're, we're conscious of, and it's something that we continue to to address, and hopefully we can improve on. So many new faces in the Moncton Magic lineup this season. Uh, and a lot of them were real contributors in the first three games. Uh, as you look up and down the lineup, Coach, uh, maybe just to comment on some guys that I will toss names out to you uh, first. Uh, we'll go with a guy that saw his first regular season action on Sunday afternoon, and he had to step up and take a pretty big role with Corey Allman being out of the lineup, uh, Jahi Carson. What did you see from Jaw in his first regular season game on Sunday? You know, I saw I saw Jahi Carson, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the guy that, um, you know, I knew we were bringing in, you know, a guy that could have a, a huge impact on a game. And, you know, Jahi's the type of player that in crunch time, I mean, he, he can really kind of take games over, you know, on, on the offensive end, uh, whether that's him scoring the ball or, or creating open shots for other guys. 
uh, he has that ability. He's just he's so talented. So, um, you know, Jai for his first live action, really in, in a couple of weeks, because he really hadn't played since our uh, our exhibition game with St. John. And in that game, he only played six minutes. So it was a it was a pretty impressive performance um, for Ja, um, but I have expe- high expectations for him. And you know, I, I he, you know he he played his his normal game, um, and he was he was good. Somebody else that uh, really stuck. Well, look, you don't want to single out anybody. It's a team game, but there was a couple of guys that I felt really uh, handled themselves well, and a true rookie in this league, Gentry Thomas. Looked like anything but a rookie. What can you say about his performance through the first few games, Coach? Gentry was very good. And, you know, we were very excited to hear that he was named the uh, Canadian Player of the Week uh, for the NBL Canada, which is a new kind of accolade the league has given out this year, Um, you know, where Gentry was was named the top Canadian player uh, in the league. And I think he really earned that. Um, Gentry, like I said, I knew physically – Coming in as a rookie, he was going to be able to play right away. Uh, he's very, very talented, and he, he's really one of the best on our team at creating his own shot, getting to the rim. Or, um, you know, I think G was great. I think he was very good for his first three pro games, and he's only going to get better. You know, Gentry, him and I talk a lot about you know his decision making. You know, when it comes to shot selection and, and decisions when the basketball's in his hand. Um, so again, I, I think G is just going to continue to improve and. He was he was certainly a pleasant surprise uh, these first few games. Yeah, he definitely didn't shy away from uh, any moment that he was put in, and that that's pretty impressive to see from a from a true rookie. And and I made the comment several times during the broadcast on the weekend that uh, you know he just did not appear to be a rookie to me in any way, shape, or form. Another guy that uh, not a rookie at all, but new to the Moncton Magic, and I thought. Uh, had his best game of the three. I know it's only early in the season, but maybe just a couple of words on Doug Herring Jr. Doug, Doug's been Doug's been pretty good. Um, he's been really good. And, you know, those first couple of games, he had to play a, a ton of minutes handling the basketball with, with Jahi being out those games. And, and he really stepped up. Um, you know, Doug Doug really runs the show out there. I mean, he, he is that floor general for us. And, and that's what we knew we were getting with Doug. So another guy, I mean, kind of as advertised, kind of getting what we hoped we were going to get. Um, you know, he's been good, and he was very good on on Sunday, um, Sunday afternoon. He was he was very good. So, you know, pleased with Doug's start. Um, you know, he knows there's some things that he wants to continue to work on here. Um, you know, and we're still kind of gelling. It's been a little difficult these first three games. You know, we've had multiple guys out of the lineup and then in the lineup and. You know, we still haven't played a game with with Jahi, Billy White, and, and Corey Allman all at the same time. So, <laughs> um, a lot of that had to fall on Doug's shoulders, kind of getting everyone on the same page and and executing out there. So, so Doug uh, Doug's had a good good first week. And let's talk about a couple of the returning faces to the Moncton Magic. Uh, I know Corey is out right now with that ankle situation, but. He certainly seemed to be the Corey that we know and picked up right where he left off. Coach, uh, how comforting is it to have a guy like a Corey Almond out there on the floor for you? Yeah, it's it's my security blanket. You know, there's no question. Um, before that Halifax game, um, the, the first game, knowing that Carson was going to be out, 
Um, you know, I think I'd said to Mitch Rowley, I just said, you know, we, we need Corey to have a big game tonight. You know, if Corey has a big game. I think we'll, we'll walk out of here with a win. And, and, you know, lo and behold, that that's what he did. He had 29 and he shot the ball well. And, you know, you just always know having Corey out there, um, no game is out of reach, you know, when you're down with his ability to shoot the ball and, and you always know that you're going to be able to stretch some leads out at times, uh, cause he can get hot very quickly and, and the points add up quickly uh, with Corey. So he's been, he's been good. And another guy that's been very good is Denzel Taylor. Uh, we, the minister of defense, I guess the, the cliche uh, nickname, we know what he can do on the boards at both ends of the floor. And he's continued to do that through the first three games, racking up rebounds left, right and center. But something I've seen this year, at least through three games, and it was definitely on display on Sunday is a bit of a new wrinkle to Denzel, and not that he couldn't score the ball before, but he really seems to have polished his offensive game and has become much more of an offensive threat. What are you seeing from Denzel on that side of the ball, Coach? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the same, Scott. I mean, I, I agree with you. And that, you know, that's the first time I've heard that that nickname, the Minister of Defense. I like that. I think that fits, fits Denzel pretty well. But, um, you know, him and I talked a lot over the summer that, you know, he, he's such an impact player on one end of the floor. Um, you know, as a young professional, you, you want to continue to improve in your, your weak spots. And, you know, Denzel finishing around the rim and, and looking to be a little more assertive and aggressive on the offensive end uh, is something we chatted a lot about this summer. And it's certainly a high priority for for Denzel and, and for the Magic. Um, so, you know, we told him we wanted him to be more aggressive you know, look to score the ball a little bit more and, and he's done that. And, uh, you know, I think Denzel can be, a uh, an everyday double, double guy. Uh, right. And, and if he can do that, it's going to bode very well for, for both us and him. Um, so I've, I've been pleased. I've been pleased with, with his improvements. And he's such a nice young man as well, as are all the guys of the Moncton magic. I mean, talk about, uh, the all nice team. Maybe I'm a little biased, but man, what a, what a great group of guys coach. Yeah, it is a good group. It's it's a good group of guys. Um, I mean, guys like, you know, Wayne McCullough and, and Isaiah Tate and, and even, you know, Gentry is just an extremely, you know, pleasant, mature young man. It's uh it's nice. It's a nice group to, to be around. Um, you know, which is obviously something that we kinda look at when we're recruiting guys and, you know, high character type guys. So, um, you know, I'm 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 pleased with kind of how they're getting along and, and how they're, they're handling themselves. Well, you mentioned Isaiah Tate. Should mention him as well. He's actually from around uh, the same neck of the woods as Corey Allman down there around uh, the D.C. area, uh, Maryland area. And he stepped up and had two really big games at home. He actually was the Moncton Magic player of the game as named by the broadcast team, <clears throat> myself and Dave Tingley. But he was huge, especially from downtown. In that Cape Breton game, you know, we feel that it was his three-point shooting that really seemed to turn the tide for you late going down the stretch. Uh, how much of a nice uh, addition has Isaiah Tate been? He's been he's been good. Uh, he's been a great addition. You know, he was he had a great training camp with us. Um, and you know, when we were making our final decisions on the roster, you know, when we were in our coaches' meetings. It was really a general consensus that, you know, we're, we're going to make these decisions, let, let camp, let training camp do its job, you know, and, and, uh, we've guys have been here for two and a half weeks and, 
and we need some of the most consistent guys that have been here. And, and uh, you know, Ike or Isaiah, Ike, as we call him, he's been as consistent as anybody. And, uh, you know, I, I knew he could shoot the basketball. Uh, he certainly has exceeded my expectations when it comes to shooting the three here the first couple of games. And, uh, yeah, he was a, a big reason for that, that win on, on Sunday, uh, going six or seven from three. So, you know, again, just another kind of nice surprise. And we certainly hope he can, he can kind of keep that production up. Well, it seems like we're going to have to go down and, and mention everybody. I, I can't leave anybody out now, Coach. So let's talk about a couple of the other new guys, uh, some real kind of character guys. And I say that because they are characters, uh, but they bring a lot of energy and they bring a, a kind of a a real force out on the floor. Uh, Wayne McCullough and Nick Evans. Uh, first of all, Wayne, uh, the player that you uh, first met a couple of years ago in that hot gymnasium in July in Texas. But what have you what have you seen from Wayne through the first few games, Coach? He's, he's just, he's really been very solid, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, Wayne knew one of the things we were looking at him uh, to do for this team this year, part of his role was to kind of try to be one of our lockdown defenders, um, you know, kind of that bigger athletic wing. And he's, he's really probably one of the hardest working guys we have uh, on the defensive end. So he, he's been, he's been very good. You know, I actually think we, we've missed him. Uh, a few times on on the offensive end, I think he we, he's had some open looks that that we didn't get the ball to him. Um, so he, he's been very good, um, and you know he's he's going to have his hands full this weekend because we'll certainly look for him to uh, defend Mister English uh, for for large parts of the weekend. And so you know Wayne Wayne's been Wayne's been solid, and he's certainly fulfilling the role that we've asked him to. And Nick Evans uh, listed at six ten. He's a big man. But my goodness, can he handle the ball and he can shoot the three. Uh, and and talk about character in quotations. Uh, that man brings a lot of energy and really gets things going. Uh, he's in the middle of a lot of different stuff out on the floor. You certainly saw that versus Cape Breton. Um, you know, what are you, what's your assessment of uh, Mr. Evans? Nick's been pretty good. I mean, he's been, you know, a little bit up and down uh, offensively. Uh, these first few games, you know, I think Nick hasn't really showed what he's capable of doing, scoring the ball in the post, um, which is something that, you know, that him and Elvin uh, Mims, Coach Mims, are, are working on consistently. Uh, but he is a high motor guy. And, you know, he's a guy that for his size, you know, his ability, how, how mobile he is, he can really run the floor. You know, he had a couple of big dunks in transition and um, he's continuing to improve his, his, his range on his jump shot. You know, I do think Nick shooting the three is a weapon this year that, that we can look to use at times. Um, and he plays hard, and he's not scared to bang a little bit, right, and, and be aggressive inside. So, um, you know, happy happy with, with Nick uh, thus far. And, and again, I, I still think, though, he could he's going to show a lot more than, than what he has. I think he has that type of game, and, and we just got to find, you know, a way to use him a little more effectively on the offensive end. And uh, But he's been, he's been solid as well, you know, pretty much – Pretty much everybody has, to be honest with you, Scott. You know, I mean, these first few games, um, you know, the couple of wins that we had in, with Halifax that were, were fairly lopsided, we, we played pretty well. Um, you know, Cape Breton, there's certainly things to discuss about that game. But, you know, as far as the roster goes, you know, guys are, are fulfilling the roles and, and they're playing hard. And, um, you know, I think that's why you see, you know, the record right now, you know, sitting at 3-0. and So we just want to continue to, to get more out of these guys every night. Yeah, Nick Evans uh, from our broadcast position uh, on the floor at the Avenir Center. Watching Nick, 
I'm pretty sure that we could create an entire row of emojis on the different facial expressions that Nick has. You always know what's going on. Just look at Nick's face, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He's he's a very animated guy. I mean, he's always always been that way. Um, always, and of course, you know, similar to, to Wayne McCullough. You know, I, I kind of discovered Nick um, about six years ago. Uh, you know, in a, in a small gym in, in Memphis. Um, and he's always been that way. You know, he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and, and uh, he's a high energy, you know, kind of emotional type player. Uh, but when he's solid, when he's focused and, and you know, just doing his job, he, he can be very, very effective. You know, like you saw, you know, that second game uh, in Halifax, I thought he was very good. Another big man out there for you guys, Zeke Marshall, and did a podcast with Zeke a few weeks ago. And, and he himself said to me that he's a guy – that needs confidence and he needs to feel confident in himself for his game to go where he likes it to be. Uh, we certainly saw flashes of what he can do, certainly being a rim protector and a shot blocker and a defensive shutdown guy in the middle. Uh, what have you uh, kind of taken away from watching Zeke the first few games, coach? Yeah, he's done a lot of those things, you know, that we're asking him to do. Um, again, his athleticism, his size, um, he, and you know, it's not even just blocking shots, you know, Zeke has the ability to alter an awful lot of shots. And, you know, when he closes out on a guy and, and you know, you have a seven footer jumping off the floor with, you know, probably a seven foot, six inch wingspan that that's going to alter a lot of guys shots. Um, so again, that's something that we kind of track and watch and, uh, you know, he's done a lot of those things. I think Zeke knows, you know, he, he wants to be a little more consistent, um, you know, on the, on the glass. And he had that huge game, uh, our second game where he had 15 rebounds in only 20 minutes of play against Halifax, um, which was great. And, and, you know, he's capable of doing that. So I think continuing to try to push Zeke a little bit and, and try to get that out of him on a nightly basis uh, is, is both our and, and his goal. Uh, but he can certainly be a factor for us, uh, you know, out on the court when his motor's going and he's playing physical. You've got such a deep bench coach and a couple of other guys who play uh, key roles at key times, uh, Eddie Azamoa and Cordell Jaunty. Uh, how nice of a luxury is it to have a couple of guys like that that can come off the bench and you know take care when guys might get in foul trouble or you need them situationally? But how nice is it to have those two guys to call upon? It's it's nice. I mean, it's good. And, and you know, both those guys, they're – they know what their role is. They're very accepting of their role. And, and when their number is called, you know, they want to go out there and, and do the best that they can. Um, you know, Eddie was a really good example. You know, the second Halifax game, you know, of course, we're out Billy White. So we're already kind of short at the at the four position. Um, and, you know, there was a little bit of foul trouble. So obviously, Denzel Taylor, when he was off the floor, you know, Eddie going in there and, and being able to switch a lot of things for us defensively uh, was really important. It was a, an important part of that game. Uh, David Ando from Halifax was kind of getting going on pick and pop situations. And, and we countered that by going to Eddie and, and switching ball screens. So, again, Eddie did his job, right? And, and that's really what you want from all your guys, just understanding what their roles are and, and how they can contribute, whether it's for six minutes or 36 minutes. Um, let's all let's all be in it for the same reason, and, and that's to get a win. Well, and just kind of from my position where I sit on the floor, you get to watch a lot of stuff that's going on that's not on cam or not being seen on the broadcast. 
And something that really caught my eye, you talk about a Billy White and, and him not being available on the court to play uh, since that first game in Halifax. But what a role he took as almost being a, a coach mentor on the bench. And I saw it a lot on Sunday, in particular, quite a few times uh, down the stretch in that second half when there was a timeout. He actually had a couple of players, and one that comes to mind in particular was he had Zeke Marshall aside at one point, and you could tell he was just kind of coaching him up and giving him a little pep talk. How nice is it to have a guy like a Billy White who is in civilian clothes, but he's still contributing? It's it's nice, and, you know, a lot of those guys are like that. You know, Jahi's been like that. Corey's been like that when they've been out. Uh, Billy wants to win. You know, he wants to win games, and, and, and Billy is a winner. I mean, he's a proven winner in this league, and, and the guys know that. They they know that, you know, Billy White has been a, a you know, back-to-back first-team league all-star. They, they they respect that. They know he knows what it takes to win. So when Billy's being vocal like that to guys, and, you know, they'll listen. Um, they need to listen, right? And so uh, it's, it's been good. You know, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's contributed in a lot of different ways to these, these few first few wins. Um, and that's, that's what good teams do, right? They, they find a way to win, and, and everybody has a, has a hand in it. Coach, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the three players at one time or another that have uh, been injured. Uh, of course, Jahi Carson came back from the concussion protocol, so he's good to go in the lineup. But a couple of players right now uh, that are questionable, uh, Billy White and, uh, of course, uh, the man from outside, Corey Allman. First of all, uh, what can you tell us uh, and what can you give us in terms of an update on Billy's condition and his playing status for the weekend? Uh, Billy, Billy's looked pretty good. Billy, Billy practiced yesterday for the first time uh, in a full live practice, you know, and he didn't have much pain. And, um, you know, he looks, he looks pretty good. Again, Billy's injury, um, it was a very, very, very mild sprain, but it was more of like a bone contusion. Uh, when his ankle rolled to the outside, the two kind of inner bones in his foot kind of banged really hard against each other, right? Um, and that's what the real pain and tenderness was from. So, uh, but he looks he looks pretty good. I, I would say he's probable for this weekend. Uh, we're going to make that final decision tomorrow. Um, you know, Corey, on the other hand, uh, was a little bit more of a significant sprain than than we had anticipated. Uh, and of course, Corey, being a competitor, you know, he, he sprained it in the first half of that game uh, against Halifax on Saturday night, um, you know, got a retape, tied up the shoe tighter and went out and finished the rest of the game. Um, but I think there was a price to pay with that. You know, he, he, he it, it's pretty sore still. So uh, Corey is, is questionable uh, for the weekend, but you know, we're not going to take any chances with Corey. It's a long season. Uh, he plays a big, big part for this team. So, uh, we're going to make sure he's 100% healthy before we, we send him back out there. Yeah, a long way to go for sure uh, with only three games into the regular season. Now, you've got a trip coming up to St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador this weekend. You play the St. John's Edge Friday and then again on Sunday. Some of the players have been there. They know what to expect. They know what it's going to be like when they play in mile one in front of that big partisan crowd. Uh, for the players that haven't been there, Coach, uh, have you had a chance to chat to them yet and kind of give them a little pre-Newfoundland and Labrador preparation in terms of what to expect? Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked a lot about about mile one, and we've talked a lot about, you know, the atmosphere, what it's like to play there. And, you know, the nice thing is we, we've had a couple big games already. Um, you know, being the sole game on opening day, you know, on the road in Halifax, I mean, that was a, that was a big game. 
and the guys handled that pretty well. You know, we, we talk about just being in the moment, you know, um, let's not get wrapped up in, in a big game status. Let's just go out and, and focus on, on our job. And um, we've talked a lot about that with this edge game coming up because, I mean, mile one center on a, on a Friday night for the home opener um, with the edge, I mean, there'll be 5,000 strong in that building. Um, it'll be standing room only, and the place will be as loud as it gets. Um, so we, we've talked about that and just, you know, staying mentally tough and, and just focusing on, on our job. So we've certainly addressed that with the team. Now on more of a, uh, relax and leisure side, have you talked to them about uh, the perils of George street? Because <laughs> I've heard of athletes and, and otherwise going over to George street and, uh, never be heard from again, coach. Yeah, I've heard of that too. Um, you know, we haven't talked about it much. We'll probably talk about it today. Um, George Street is off limits on Thursday and Saturday night completely, um, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, we play Friday, we play Sunday afternoon. Uh, we actually don't come back until Monday morning. So, I, you know, I think it's a pretty mature group that we have. And, you know, telling them, hey, you know what, George Street on a Sunday night is as good as most streets on a Friday night. So, you know, if you guys want to enjoy George Street, let's do it on uh, on Sunday after we take care of business and, uh, you know, fly back on, on Monday. So I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that at practice today quite a bit. But, again, it's a mature group. Uh, these guys have a focus right now. You know, um, they they want to be the best team in this league. And, and we know these two games are big games because we know how hard it is for teams to go out there and, and get a win. So if you can do that, you know, I mean, the chances of other teams in the Atlantic Division going out and getting two wins out there, it's difficult. Uh, so that, that could be two wins that we could pick up. Maybe no one else can. So uh, we'll be focused and, and ready to go. There's no question uh, early in the season, but definitely a, a big measuring stick, so to speak, going over to St. John's and taking on the edge. So uh, looking forward to those couple of games for sure. Coach, something that – you know, we talked about Dave and I on the broadcasts this weekend from the Avenir Center. And look, it's a great problem, if you want to call it that, for the coaching staff to have. But you almost have an embarrassment of riches in terms of moving parts. And, you know, like Lego pieces, you can take one guy out and put another guy in and almost not miss a beat. The other day, for example, when a couple of guys got in foul trouble, Denzel Taylor being one of them, last year there might have been times where down the stretch, if Denzel got in foul trouble, you might think about maybe leaving him in and run the risk of taking that extra personal and, and fouling out of the game. But this year, you seem to have any number of pieces that you can put in. As a coaching staff, how much have you guys talked about just how deep this bench is and how you move the pieces around and how you kind of get everybody the minutes they need? Well, we, we know it's it's flexible. You know, we know we have some guys that are that are flexible. You know, Denzel can, can play the four or the five, you know, Billy white can play the four or the five, um, you know, Cordell can play the four or the five, you know, all of our guards are, are really interchangeable. I mean, you know, Gentry, Jahi, Doug, you know, even Corey all times, they're all capable of handling the ball and, and playing the one, um, you know, Isaiah, Wayne and, and G and Corey, they're, they're all interchangeable at the two, three. So, you know, that was one of the things we wanted. We wanted a lot of flexibility with our roster, um, you know, as far as us talking about having the comfort of, of going to whoever, it's still really young, you know, in, in the season. Um, 
you know, we had some guys play really well. You know, I think I think Isaiah Tate is going to be a, a consistent performer for us. But let, let's see that for a few more games, right? Um, Wayne McCullough, you know, let's make sure he, he's that consistent performer we, we think he can be. But, you know, based on the games this weekend, yeah, we had a ton of flexibility and made managing the games very easily. Um, you know, if you had told me that you were going to play Halifax opening weekend and, you know, not have Jahi Carson for both games and, and have Billy White for only a half of one of those games, you know, would you come out with two convincing wins? I would have said, no, definitely not. And that's where a lot of these guys stepped up this weekend. And if they can continue to step up like that uh, and everybody do their job, then yes, we could be very, very tough. Maybe I'll put you on the spot here a little bit, coach, but this team through the first three games, and again, look, it is early, just three games. It's a long road, right? But two very different style games against Halifax, a little more open, a little more free-flowing. It was a little more muddied up and crash and bang versus Cape Breton, especially in the second half. But the Moncton Magic showed the ability to kind of be like a chameleon and adapt to the surroundings and play either style. Given your choices, is there... Uh, one style that you feel suits this team better or are they really that flexible and can play almost any style? Well, I think we are flexible. I think we have some guys, you know, where we can play physical if we need to, or we can play fast if we need to. Um, you know, my, my preference is, is personally to play good basketball, you know, and, and, you know, we, we've had an exhibition game with, with Cape Breton. We've had a regular season game with Cape Breton you know, both those games, there were 70 fouls called, um, you know, the game Cape Redden had with, with the Island the night before there was over 60 fouls called. So obviously the common denominator is, is Cape Redden wants to try to play a physical style game, you know, and they're going to be overly aggressive and there's going to be a lot of whistles and, and things like that. And it certainly doesn't make for a, a real pretty basketball game. Um, but I was pleased that our guys, you know, gutted that out, you know, that that's not normally how we play. Um, you know, we, we want our guys playing aggressive defense in practice, but, you know, we're not out committing fouls, you know, every third or fourth possession. Um, so, again, to, to be able to adapt, I, I was I was very pleased with. Uh, I think it did show that we can win games multiple different ways. But, you know, the Cape Breton game certainly was, was not our best performance. Um, we've had some pretty tough film sessions the last two days on that game, you know, with the amount of turnovers that we had and, what we're trying to do right now is, is hold ourselves accountable. Um, it's very easy for us to make a lot of excuses about that game. Oh, there was, there were so many fouls called or, Oh, you know, we were missing Corey and, and Billy, or, you know, it was our third game in four days. The bottom line is we, we didn't play well. We didn't take care of the basketball. We didn't rebound the ball. Well. Um, and I think to be an elite team, you know, every game you, you can't make excuses for when you don't play well. You need to identify what those problems were and then fix them. Um, that's kind of our, our goal over the last couple of days as we head into to Newfoundland Friday night. And you don't have to comment on this. This is just more of a, an editorial for me. The power rankings came out from the National Basketball <laughs> League of Canada. And listen, good job for the Sudbury Five, the brand new team going 2-0, and getting the top ranking in the power rankings. But uh, again, maybe a little biased. But my power rankings right now at 3-0 and with the three games that you played and given the opponent and given the different things that happened. Moncton Magic, number one in my power rankings, Coach. There you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, we, we read that. You know, we actually 
I actually shared that with all the players on our team. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously I know, you know, Mr. Jose Colorado, the, the writer of that, uh, that piece, it's, it's one guy's opinion. Um, and by all means, he, he can, he can have that opinion, but yeah, I mean, certainly we, we, uh, we had some guys comment, you know, uh, Hey coach, what wasn't Sudbury down by 25 at one point in that game and you know, this and that, and Hey man, you know, I, I love it. I love it. I love the fact that our guys want to be the top dog in this league. And, and we, like I told you on a podcast before, Scott, we committed to competing every single night. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that that might've rubbed some of us the wrong way. And that's great. It's just bulletin board material. And, uh, for us, we look at it like, well, I guess we have something else to prove again this weekend. Um, so we're going to try to go out and do that. Well, it is going to be a lot of fun over in St. John's, and not just because of the basketball coach. We've talked before last season, because I'm originally from St. John's in Newfoundland and Labrador. It's just a great city to go to. Now, I know it's a business trip, and I know that it's all about the games, but outside of that, you know, you take care of business. It's Sunday after the game. What are you looking forward to to getting back over to St. John's, Coach? Man, I, I loved my first trip over to St. John's last year. Uh, we had an off day over there last year where I, I literally just walked around town uh, for hours. And I know I took a lot of photos just of some of the buildings and they had a lot of great artwork on like stairwell cases and, and you know, just stuff like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to going over and, and just meeting some random people at coffee shops or stores and, and chatting with them a little bit. And uh, I didn't get over to Signal Hill last year. Um, I want to try to do that this year. You know, and, and just enjoy. I mean, you only get to go over to, to places like that every so often, and it's it really is so unique. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have a practice on Saturday afternoon. So, you know, I really plan on spending most of the morning on Saturday just kind of exploring a little bit and maybe doing some Christmas shopping or, uh, you know, looking around for some, some fun souvenirs. Well, listen, Coach, uh, as a native Newfoundland and Labradorian, I know we talked about it last year on a podcast, but if, if you have a chance, well, listen, Signal Hill, that's almost a must-do. If you can get there, please do, and I think the, the players would be fascinated by just the geographic location of it. You know, on one side, the next stop is Ireland, and on the other side, you look down over uh, the harbor and, and the narrows, as they call it, the narrow entrance coming into the harbor, but also... Fee and Chi with D&G Coach, Fish and Chips with Dressing and Gravy, if you can get it. And the other one for breakfast, if you can find somewhere, and it shouldn't be hard, to get a Towton with fried bologna. Oh, my gosh, Coach. You got to put that on the list, my man. I have no idea what that is, Scott. What what, what exactly <laughs> is a Towton with fried bologna? What, what is, that? <laughs> is that? Is that what you just called it? Bologna, like bologna. Oh yeah, below. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. You know what? Actually, on PEI, one of the first times, you know, seven years ago, uh, I ever went out to breakfast at a diner. It came with fried bologna, and I, I was like, well, "What is this all about?" <laughs> so I think I have had that once, but 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 give me some more details. What is this breakfast <laughs> meal you're talking about? Well, it, it would be as common uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador as probably uh, a pancake would be uh, in in the rest of North America. What a Towton is, or some call it Frozies, but it's basically bread dough. You let it, you make bread dough, you let it rise, but instead of baking bread, you cut off chunks of the dough, you flatten it out a little bit so it's 
maybe about the size of the palm of your hand and it's round, you know, not perfectly round, but you flatten it out and you fry it in a pan. Some fry it in oil, some fry it in butter, and it's basically fried bread dough and it tastes amazing. Typically they'll serve it with warm molasses on the side. You get some nice fried bologna on the side and uh, you get a forkful of a piece of the Towton, a piece of the bologna, and then you dip it in the in the warmed molasses I'm telling you, Coach, you'll be like, "Wow, okay, this is something good." So you got you got to give it a try. Yeah, I'm I'm already sold. Uh, absolutely, I'm I'm definitely going to give it a try. I, you know, to be honest with you, I went for fish and chips last year. It was outstanding. Um, I I had a great uh, cup of, of chowder at the seafood chowder at this restaurant that I actually had two or three times <laughs> over the course I was there. It was so good. Um, I did not kiss the cod last time. I'm gonna uh-huh. I'm gonna look look into that more this time around. So, lots of things I want to get done, but but no more than than you know getting two wins over there. Well, that's right. It's a business trip, but you can still have a little flavor of Newfoundland and Labrador. And another saying, Coach, that uh, if if you said this to pretty much anybody over on the island, they they'd smile and go, "Oh yes, buddy, right on. Have a touten or do it outen." Have a talent or do without. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep all that in mind, Scott, and uh, certainly gonna enjoy my my trip over there. Listen, perhaps one of these times, uh, the Magic organization can take me over as your Newfoundland and Labrador liaison, and I can uh, kind of uh, ferry you around and, and give you some of the uh, insights to uh, some of the stuff that's going on. I'm sure even my family would have the team over, and we could have a, an old fashioned kitchen party. But maybe we'll plan that for another trip another time. How's that sound? That sounds great. Well, listen, Coach, been a pleasure as always. Uh, so happy to be back on the mic for the Moncton Magic doing play-by-play with my partner, Dave Tingley. And uh, so good to be back doing regular season podcasts. We'll be doing at least one of these a week. And uh, listen, we really appreciate your time. And again, I know the fans enjoy it, so thanks. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Scott. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, my friends, safe travels. And all the best over in Newfoundland and Labrador against the edge. We'll be watching. Great. Thank you. That is Coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. They are off to a fantastic 3-0 start in the National Basketball League of Canada regular season 2018-2019. A big road trip coming up this weekend for the Magic. They are traveling over to St. John's in Newfoundland and Labrador to take on the edge on Friday and Sunday at Mile One Stadium. And again, you'll be able to check that out online. You can visit the Moncton Magic YouTube page. They'll also have the link on their website. Until next time, friends, I'm Scott Squires. This has been the Magic Time Podcast. Once again, thanks to head coach Joe Salerno. We'll talk to you again soon. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.